0: Comics in the combat zone, comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light too
1: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Comics in the Combat Zone. I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stead. And we are here to talk about CZW, The War Begins, November 20th, 1999, in Mantua, Jersey. New Jersey. I'm sorry. The CZW Arena, the final show of 1999. It feels like a big deal, Ben.
0: Yeah, right before the millennium, the Y2K. You know, they're getting prepared for the for the <laughs> chaos with computers. Do you
1: think, is it the a guy who feared Y2K? Do you 100%. Think? You think so, huh? Um, a million percent. He was just like That's why there's no show in December. We go right from November 20th yeah, to the year he's,
0: he's just been putting all his money in gold <laughs> in case the banks collapse.
1: I could see him building like a plywood bunker like a
0: Yeah, using that <laughs> The massive construction thing you won in the poker game. (laughs) The
1: scaffolding. Exactly. Well, this is a a show much like any other. Uh, I I think we're just getting used to the production value now. Long gone are the dreams of a commentator, even though we had him that one time. Uh, But this is still the hard camera, at least. A big improvement from last week, I guess. Um, Is this a sort of... I I feel like every show has been looking very similar in 1999 overall. If we could do a year retrospective. Yeah. Like, actual quality-wise... They're all very, con- you know, consistent cinematography-wise, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the show begins with a wild pre-show brawl. Uh, I believe I saw Nick Gage in here, for sure, but I didn't even know who he was brawling with. Did you make anything of this?
0: No, I mean, it looked like... Uh, do you remember bum fights? <laughs> it, it, it looked like one of them, with the only difference being there was a referee there at the time. Like At the same time, like I was just like, what's... There's just two dudes battering each other. I was like, was this the crowd? Is this meant to be here? Like, there's no setup, no, nothing. Just opens, you know, hard cut, two dudes fighting.
1: Never referenced in the show either. There was no, uh, this was very random. This might have actually just been an art, like a fight between fans for all we know. Yeah. And and someone's like, we should throw that in the setup. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a real bum fight that happened
0: yeah they put it in it was a cross promotion
1: (laughs) and then we get our just hard cut from this fight to our normal start with the announcer in the ring and he brings up we're going to start with a three-way dance as we get introduced to james proper now he's sort of wearing like a like a jim neidhart singlet but like green and he's like just just as fat as neidhart real jim neidhart vibes from this guy do you have anything to say about james proper
0: yeah, if it's the guy I was thinking of, because I can't remember. But he looks like like you'd see him in black and white footage in like a carnival wrestling video. <laughs> yeah. Like proper old school carny wrestler in those pants. Yeah, if you can uh, last
1: five minutes in the ring with James Proper, you get like... You'll r- get a token <laughs> for the fortune teller machine. <laughs> yeah, And then we get Lord Everett DeVore, a guy we haven't seen in uh, a few months at least. Uh, just as British as ever, although he doesn't get to talk on this one. And then the final competitor, John Dahmer, is a, just a sigh. There's two shows in a row now we're opening with John Dahmer. I don't like this pattern.
0: No, and he gets booed as well, to be fair. But, I, I don't uh, think anyone likes him. No,
1: 100% not. No, like, that, and that's
0: brutal. As considering you're training these people, <laughs> uh, you're training the wrestlers. Yeah, that he's getting booed. And, like, he doesn't actually come out initially. So I was like, oh, okay.
1: No, he's doing the thing a lot of guys do. They'll let their song play for, like, a minute to wait for the break and then come out of the... The curtain, like when the song sort of hits a stride.
0: Yeah, because but the song plays twice, I think, for from the second time, or like, I don't. Maybe there was some audio issues. Maybe, but maybe I like, he
1: missed the first cue and he's yeah. like, "Fuck it, we'll just let it play all the way through." <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and apparently, so Dahmer wins the coin toss. They say so he gets to rest for the first two minutes. But it has me wondering, how do you win a three-person coin toss? I guess it just two of them got to call yeah, it. Yeah, one
0: person picks if it lands on its side,
1: <laughs> but that's very rarely. Yeah, if you don't call it in the air, you're just not a part of the coin toss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and we also see Hat Guy, uh, the ECW <laughs> alumni, back in the audience here. So I wonder how long he was doing both, like double dipping with the CZW ECW. Here. I know it's
0: Hat Guy as well. I was like, whoa, is that Hat Guy? He's like the only guy wearing a hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's Pretty impressive,
1: really. Yeah, it is pretty cool of him. Uh, and then, so yeah, Dahmer, Dahmer's music hits, that's might, what you might be talking about. So he was out for the first two minutes 30 of this match, and then they hit his music all over again as he does another entrance. Uh, yeah, like, As yeah. the match is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah I Jones. was like,
0: what the hell? Like, he's, he's getting booed, and they're like, no, we need to reintroduce him, maybe this time he'll be, you know, they'll like him.
1: <laughs> and he comes in and he does the slowest, like, cleaning house you've ever seen. Where he like kicks one guy in the butt and back or sorry belly and gives him the most basic suplex and then he walks over kicks the other guy the most basic suplex, It uh, goes for a near fall off the suplex. I mean this just sucks. He sucks, man.
0: Yeah, this I was not like I was I did not have high hopes, especially considering I'd seen the the runtime, which is two hours thirty. I was like, <laughs> this is not going to be a good time. Um, but then I did chuckle to myself because some guy. Reminded me of the insult, bitch tits, uh, which he is just screaming like the entire match. <laughs> this dude is just going hell for leather, calling this wrestler a bitch
1: tits. Well, and I was like, which guy is he talking about? Because they all have bitch tits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty
0: sure it's the old timey me carnival wrestler, because at one point he, like, references his own tits, and I'm like, okay, fair play. But this dude is screaming it like he <laughs> hates him.
1: Yeah, it's like... The, the drunkest guy in the bar and just no one will tell him to shut the fuck up but he's yeah. like no one else is that drunk yet and he's just a nuisance yeah and you can hear just bitch yeah, so the yeah it is a great insult and the guys <laughs> whoever was taking it probably deserved it let's be honest <laughs> yeah uh, and then Dahmer hits his patented spine buster to eliminate proper at 10 minutes 40 uh, and then I didn't even have to know because they just kept the match going at least I wasn't questioning if it was elimination or not uh, but he immediately follows it by chucking a uh, Sorry, he eliminates proper and then he chucks DeVore on the outside and he does the shittiest cactus jack elbow drop you've ever seen. <laughs> it's almost as if he slipped off the apron, like like he just lost his footing and fell off of the apron. It just looked terrible on DeVore. Uh, and the hard camera, They for some reason in the first match, they don't have a guy on the floor with the camera, just the hard. So you can't even see the other side of the ring where this is happening. This is a, a bit of a mess, I gotta yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, in ring, DeVore cracks Dahmer's back with a chair and then he sets it wedged up in the corner. The next thing that happens is he gets reverse whipped into it himself and then he eats another spinebuster right after for the clean Dahmer double elimination win at 12 minutes and 43 seconds. What did you think of this, Ben?
0: I was like, oh no, this is not going to be a good tie. Like, a 12-minute Dahmer match. I was like, man, maybe I should just skip this and pretend I've watched it. But, (laughs) yeah, it was very... It's just very boring intro like they 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 don't seem to know that you need a banger at the start as well like it, you need to have something solid at the start to get people in because I was just like this is I'm not looking forward to the rest of this show to be honest.
1: Well, it feels like they're trying to push Dahmer now because I mean he eliminates both guys here and it's basically a squash match sort of like the big slam match last week and I'm just like like why are they pushing this guy of all guys i don't get it at all and like yeah. you said why not sneak it in the middle like why are we opening with it as well
0: very strange uh, like and they always do this with wrestlers that no one knows like <laughs> that have not done it like Dharma. i mean Dharma's obviously been in before but the other
1: two guys are just like who are these mm-hmm. Well we knew the british guy but you know we'd been missing him like, I yeah guess. i suppose we know he loves the queen or in 99 at least <laughs> yeah he did Still yeah, yeah yeah so we get our hard cut, and then the, we come back, and I notice the announcer is dressed in, like, an office suit, almost. Like, he's wearing those beige khakis and a white button up and just a tie, and it just looked bizarre. It looked like he belonged in a cubicle. Yeah. And he's, like, sweating through the office suit because he's a, <laughs> a big <laughs> right. guy. Uh, and then they bring out this bald, fit-looking guy named Mercury. Uh, it just enters, as, a, and he's like, you know who the new star is? Referring to himself. And I'm like, ah, oh, this Mercury guy looks okay. And then we cue Kid Rock, uh, bow with which <laughs> another guy, two matches in a row, just waits for the song to play like a full two minute before Kid Rock says the part where my name is... And that's when Rick Blade comes out again with Shorty. Uh, and it's funny because he's... I don't know how I didn't clog this before, but his attire is full like Cobra kai you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like karate. Like he's borrowed his kids. Or
0: like he, he does karate with his kid. <laughs> yeah. He was always embarrassed he's there. But I mean, yeah, I noted about the bar wow, did he do it? like that song they they just bloody love it yeah and i'm always i'm excited to see rick blade now too i'm at this stage where he's one of the few
1: wrestlers where i'm like all right we'll know we'll get something out of him i can rely on a good match from rick blade uh we got our referee dewey donovan who i mentioned uh before i believe becomes like a, a more integral part in CZW, but not for now just a referee with skinny long hair uh, sorry, he's skinny with long hair. Uh, <laughs> they begin with the handshake, the code of honor before Ring of Honor even existed, uh, and then Blade sort of clowns Mercury where they're going with these big reverse reversal exchanges, and then they continue with even more impressive acrobatics and end with a double clothesline. Uh, the fans are just like applauding, like the yeah. you know, the like the polite sort of actual respectful clapping.
0: Yeah, like a tennis match where you're like, yeah, okay, that was a good rally. Like in this, it's like yeah, okay, these these big burly men have beat. You beat each other up in a way I respect. Mm-hmm.
1: Like this Mercury guy, he's he's holding his own here. He's clearly like very athletic but very smooth. It feels like he's actually as good, if not better, than Rick Blade here.
0: Yeah, it's a good match. I, I, I was enjoying it, to be honest. I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. this should have been the opening match.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Mercury clears the timekeeper's table, and then he lifts it up and just throws it in the ring, and Blade immediately attacks him, sets Mercury on the table, and then goes to the post. This is his new thing now. The top rope isn't cool enough. He has to go on the ring post behind the top rope. And then does the crane pose. <laughs> yeah. like This is awesome. <laughs> and then dives with a leg drop through the table for a clean win at 6 minutes 20. For the first time in CCW history, I have written here, the match could have gone longer. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like a
0: genuinely very fun match. And it's a great leg drop to end it. Like the crane thing, I was like... because. I think uh, last week or the week before he tried to d- go on the rope and he just looked very old and frail. Mm. And I was like, oh, no. And then he does this and he actually, you know, it was like some house of, you know, flying Rick Blade shit going on there. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, he does a great light drop. And I was like, man, that was a good match. I enjoyed that. I was like, man, that turned it around.
1: I thought, I'm not even hyperbole, maybe one of the best three matches we've seen in CCW. Like, yeah. It, the violent spectacles I enjoy more because they're violent spectacles. But just as a match, this was like really like exceptional for yeah, the, for the really standard tight. we've seen. Um, and then afterwards, Blade, he shows respect for Mercury and lifts Shorty up on his shoulder like <laughs> he's just won the Olympics. <laughs> he's yeah. really celebrating here. Uh, and then we get a cut. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Big Daddy Smooth. This is Lobo. And out come Big Daddy Smooth and Lobo. Lobo in full suit and like slicked back hair and a ponytail. This isn't the Lobo I'm used to. What do you think of this? (laughs) This
0: is businessman Lobo. Like he's ready to make some deals. He's ready to, you know, this is Lobo in the day. And then, you know, when he's moonlighting as a wrestler at night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Smooth comes out looking like Scott Steiner. Like, he's got the similar, like, bleached beard with the thing. And he, he also looks like he abuses steroids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's holding Lobo's one half of his tag team belt and his hardcore belt. And then when Lobo opens his jacket, he reveals his third belt, the CZW Iron Man belt. And then TCK is also just with him now. I guess he's just part of his sort of party now. Uh, even though he's not in a suit, he's wearing his classic purple camo pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a weird looking group here. So Lobo grabs a mic and he starts telling the story of this turn. Now, if you remember, Big Smooth turned on Lobo originally on week four or five to side with Justice Payne. And then last week at the Cage of Death, Smooth turned again on Justice Payne and sided with Lobo. So he's sort of, I don't know if they just thought of this like the day before and thought this would be great. If we can explain our terrible booking for the past few months. But he said, J- Justice Payne made an offer months ago to Sledge to turn on Lobo. So the first thing Sledge did was come up to Lobo and told him about it. And they made this plan months <laughs> in advance, as well as renaming him Big Smooth from Sledge. <laughs> so in the story, they sort of renamed him Sledge from Big Smooth here. This was very straight. Because from this point on, everyone refers to him as Sledge.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of what the like Fast and Furious franchise has done to like reintegrate <laughs> characters. Where like... They want to bring back a character who's died, so they'll do a post credit scene where he's like, oh, actually, he crawled out, and he didn't die, and this is the same he's like, Oh, actually, he there was the deal, but he came to me. He's like, no, this is not true. This was not the plan at any point until yesterday or five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it, like, bugged Zandig. He's like, wait. Wasn't he with him originally? Like, he gets lost track of his own booking and then tries to retcon it afterwards.
0: Yeah, this is the one time he's like, no, we need to care about the story. We need tight <laughs> storytelling or the fans will turn on us.
1: And that's the only explanation you get. They're friends now. And then Lobo moves on to TCK. And he asks, like, hey, by the way, TCK, does this suit make my ass look fat? <laughs> and they're <laughs> all, like, knee slapping and stuff. And then Justice Payne comes out to break up the festivities. And he comes out with some kid. And I didn't know if this was his kid, whose kid this was. This is where this angle gets awful.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it like the runtime of a CZW show. I've discovered is dictated by how long the promos are. Yes, not really by the wrestling. And like this just is is <laughs> is awful. Like I don't, I'm I'm not in as in the know about wrestling. I'd say as you, but like this felt very. Russo start like bringing out a kid and being like this is your kid like this is like (laughs) you're abusing this like I mean you'll go into it more but it just felt like uh, just absurd
1: Mm. well it's funny because I always see CCW lifting shit from ECW more than anything which is funny because they always shit on ECW and like almost accuse ECW of biting their style when it's clearly the opposite way around but yeah so Sledge or sorry Justice Payne comes out and he says this is Sledge's son Uh, And he's like, and he calls me daddy because I've been with his ex-wife all month. (laughs) Just a throwaway line. But then he's like, no, for real, though. (laughs) 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 Sledge has been abusing this kid, both physically and mentally. And if you don't believe me, I've got the written confession here. And then you realize, like, behind... Just over Justice Payne's shoulders, this guy wearing a sheriff's jacket, but not sheriff pants. It's just, like, they found this at, like, a Goodwill (laughs) store. (laughs) It's like, this would be great for our costume. Uh, and he tells the sheriff that you have to go arrest sledge and Lobo and TCK they're sort of attempting to talk sledge down and be like hey man calm down and sledge goes to push them and then he eventually just surrenders to the handcuffs and is walked out of the ring here
0: it's just cra- like, i don't a i don't think that's how the law works i don't <laughs> i don't think just this, just because your name has the word justice in it does not mean you can just order sheriffs about and things yes. like that but like They've just got, like, an actual kid there who's just, like, looking down and looking sullen. And it's just, like, this is... I think it it mainly reminds me of the storyline from WWE or F4. It was the time where it's like, we're going to do a ladder match for custody of this kid. (laughs) And I'm just, like, this is... Like, this is crazy. Like, who greenlit this?
1: This is... So, I have three things in my head. Either this is actually Sledge's kid and they talked him into doing an angle. This is just one of the wrestler's kids... And they talked him into doing an angle. Or they just showed up to the arena on the night and looked for a kid who would, like, agree to do an angle.
0: Yeah, and they didn't tell him what it would be for until before. He was like, kid, you want to be in the wrestling show? And he's like, holy moly, yeah. And he thinks he's going to be doing a suplex or something. he's like, okay, you're going to be the physically and mentally abused child (laughs) of of Sledge.
1: And thank thank Christ they didn't let this kid talk or they didn't give him (laughs) anything like that. He was just there to look like an abused kid. And he sort of did. He looked sad. Yeah, he looked... T- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, so this angle continues. you think that's where an angle ends. And okay, say what you will about it. Nice short angle. No. Gage enters the ring and he takes the mic and he threatens Justice Payne. And then Justice Payne, who's got his sheriff now back beside him. Like the sheriff just left Sledge in the back and then comes back to be by Justice Payne's side. And he's like, hey, by the way, is electrocution legal? Cause last last month, this guy electrocuted me in the cage of death, and the sheriff's like, "That's not legal." <laughs> and I'm like, "Are they really gonna have him like arrest Nick Gage for just electrocution?" Arrest- every wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Just yeah. Absolutely absurd. Although Nick Gage does. Uh- Use a fluorescent tube on the kid, which I thought was wild. The what? No, he, <laughs> <laughs> he did not <doesn't. laughs> like I, I think that would be very. <laughs> if he just ran
1: out and just I'll show you physical abuse. Yeah, and, just yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that kid goes on to become CZW champion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but no, instead, Nick Burke comes out to join Justice Payne's as if there's enough bad promos here yet. He grabs the mic and just starts shit talking the rest of them as well. Just totally unnecessary here, but they're continuing Nick Burke versus Nick Gage. Then Gage says, if the cop steps in this ring, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: this is not... But it, to be fair, he didn't say this is not a shoot. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so the, the rest, he knows he's only joking. He's not doing... Being serious or whatever. not a shoot. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't officer. worry about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then Justice Payne then eventually says, the only way you guys won't get arrested is... And a fan just cuts in. He's like, you stick your dick in my ass. And... <laughs> The crowd pops huge. It was like, <laughs> it up to this point, the biggest pop on the night. I If, if it didn't get <laughs> such a reaction, I might not even mention it on this podcast because it was so like out of nowhere. But then Lobo agrees and he's like, yeah, you should let that fan stick his dick in your ass. He <laughs> says is- on the microphone. And I'm like, this segment is just falling apart. Here.
0: Yeah, it's very weird as well because there's been an infamous, pro- you know, uh, cheap heat and things like that of everyone calling them gay and being like a slur. But this guy is just like... Basically saying, have gay sex. And everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way I want it settled. And you're like, which one is it, CZW crowd? Do you want gay sex or do you not want gay sex? <laughs> yeah, we need to know.
1: <laughs> but Justice Bain's whole point is that he's, he's going to put out a bunch of stipulations. And if the wrestlers in ring don't agree to them, they'll be arrested. So the first one is that I'm taking one half of those tag team title belts. And me and TCK are going to defend against the Thrill Kill cult later tonight. And everyone just agrees to it and gives him one of the belts. And he says, and the last match is going to be Lobo versus Gage in an anything goes match. And again, if they don't wrestle, they kill, half kill each other, they'll both be arrested. And everyone just like solemnly like agrees to this. And then the segment sort of just peters off and that's the end of it. Yeah,
0: it's the, cl- the closest I've come to like skipping through a section, I think. It's really it, bad. It's very bad. Like, and it just
1: convoluted too. Like it wouldn't take much... Just effort to pull this thing apart? Or it's even... very
0: straight. Yeah, it is super weird. Like, I don't understand it. And I didn't enjoy it. Especially, like, slamming on the momentum that they were building with the the great Rick Blade match and Mercury. Just to be like, oh, like, literally like what feels like an hour of promo work from people who can't do
1: promos. Mm, this was much longer than the Rick Blade match. Yeah. For, for sure. This was like almost like a 20 minute segment here. Yeah. Yeah. And it yes. felt it. Uh, so then we get our hard cut, and then we're back. Uh, your first competitor, nine and a half inches, always a good laugh. Trent Acid with White Lotus. Uh, and Trent comes out dressed like a cowboy, like we've seen before. But then Lotus comes out. He's got a crutch under one arm, a, his ar- other arm in a sling, and a full neck brace. Like, he's just been in this car crash. And uh, you're, I'm almost like, what the fuck happened? Like, did he? I don't remember any brutal bumps last week or anything. Uh, so Asik gets on the mic and says he wanted to have a rematch with Lotus uh, so we can get an actual finish because you remember the last one was a time limit countout or whatever. Um, but over the weekend, Lotus was injured at an indie show, but they don't like specify what the injury is because I'm like he's like clearly injured in like four or five different areas. <laughs> <eight. laughs> <laughs> it just looks so weird. Um, and Lotus says it happened when a punk over there decided to shoot on me. So you're saying like some guy in the indie fed like shoot, kicked the shit out of him and like broke both of his arms (laughs) and like whatever. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, and then we cue Mambo number five. As the Marino bros enter with the umbrellas. Like the entrance they had a few weeks ago. So I guess they're just, they're like, no, this is it. This is the good one.
0: Yeah, bringing it back. Yeah, this is the one that people consider most gay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then they cut a promo about a post that their dad left on (laughs) CZWwrestling.com about how they're embarrassing the family. And I'm like, wow, this is like, you know, they're talking about the internet in 1999. So ahead of their times. I know, yeah. Uh, and then to show how ahead of the time they were, they spurred on another F-slur chant, which is just, I mean, we've said all we can about it. (laughs) It's just a terrible gimmick that they are not dropping. No. Uh, And that gives us Trent Acid versus Robbie Marino and Johnny Cashmere in a handicap match, Uh, and they do the thing they always do, like where you would normally have the heels beat down on the baby face. Instead, the match begins with Trent Acid just clowning both guys, no problem, double clotheslining them, ducking under, like beating the shit out of both of them. And then after like a few minutes of this, the bros get control. They put Acid on the top rope, but he pushes one bro off, and then face Busters, the other brother on top of him. Then does a dive on him. Like the match is like eighty percent Trent Acid. Here, yeah, you know?
0: I mean we all know that's who the crowd have come for. To be fair, he's the Trent Acid is the one people want.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he is like the closest thing to a big star, or at least like he feels like a mid Carter on the rise, I guess. Yeah. Um, at one point, Acid ducks as Moreno like, smokes the referee with a nice cross body. It actually looked like a decent referee bump for once. And Rob Hartog just hits the deck. Uh, and then Lotus hits Cashmere with a crutch, setting up Acid for the moonsault. He hits Johnny with the moonsault, ass out. And then <laughs> Robbie goes to hit him with a chair, but Trent Acid moves, so he hits Johnny. And then he moonsaults Robbie as well. So double moonsault. Then uh, Cashmere... It's funny. He's pinning Robbie, and Ca- he, like the referee's still down. So Cashmere from behind does a one, two, three, and Acid acts like he's won the match, but it wasn't like the referee yeah. counting it. I actually sort of liked that, to be honest. Yeah, it was pretty.
0: It was. It, it was pretty fun. I mean, this match isn't that bad. It's just a shame you have all the shit at, at the start that's awful. Like Acid is clearly good, and these two guys actually seem okay there's just everything around it that's nonsense totally
1: well now what i like about that is so acid gets up to celebrate like he's won and then he turns around and cashmere just hits him in the head with a chair (laughs) which is just a nice like back to reality and that's the clean pin by the way off a chair shot to the head 450 for johnny cashmere and robbie marino and then robbie afterwards says on the microphone if dad was here he'd be proud and then all the lights cut. His <laughs> godfather music like begins playing. Like, And then out of nowhere, this old Jersey Italian-looking dude looks way overweight in this tight suit with a mustache comes out. And he starts berating Johnny and Robbie, his sons apparently, and forces Johnny to, to confess to the referee what he's just done. And literally Johnny like tells the ref, and you can hear Rob Hartog being like, well, I didn't see it, but if, if you're saying it, <laughs> I guess we're gonna reverse it. He's a, <laughs> much <laughs> like Zandig. He's an honorable man. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. So they reverse the decision, and Trent Acid wins by, I guess, I don't know, disqualification. And the dad leads both bros out by their ears, sort of holding onto their ears. So, what do you think? Are, are we? Is he going to be an addition to this terrible faction? Are we seeing this guy again?
0: I don't know. Like, genuine, like there is literally no way to tell. Like, so much effort went into the, bringing this guy in. But I would not be surprised if you never saw him again. I totally agree. Like, I mean, it's funny because he's like... He, it's unfortunately eggs on the the cheap beat stuff cuz like when you wanted to do ballet famously gay who paid for it <laughs> yeah. he didn't say famously gay as well but then he's also like when you wanted to go to michael jackson's house and it's like i don't i mean i don't think the kids who went there would get like i don't think that's <laughs> like what the thing with michael jackson was but it's just like very 1999 they would know. victim blame you in jersey <laughs> yeah yeah you were, if- well you must have been asked for like it's very strange <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah.
1: Terrible. I mean, this is all terrible. Yeah. This gimmick specifically, if these two guys just were gone, I think the shows would just be better for it. 100%, yeah. Uh, So then we get a cut, and oh my god. Out of nowhere, with no, uh, you know, no lead up, no hints that this was happening,
0: no, fa- no deserved fanfare <laughs> for these beautiful rotund, bo- rotund boys.
1: Out come the kingpins. Oh yeah! Not since I believe episode six or five have we seen these guys. They they look like the exact same dudes. Hundred they percent. Like they've been just at the bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, you know. There was a brief
0: moment where. In a few last time we saw, her, I was like, maybe they have been training, but this just looks like they've just completely gone back to how they were before. Because yeah, they just look the same rotund boys just walking out, and I was like, what? What? Well, it took me a minute to realize who was there because I was like, there was nothing mm-hmm. for weeks.
1: We yeah, hadn't heard about these guys. It felt like they left disgraced, um, and then they're just back. So this was great. I was so excited. And then we get the opponents at a combined 460 pounds, led by Max Mack, the Haas brothers. Now, these guys, first of all, Max gets on the microphone, and he talks about how shitty of a failure Big Slam was last week. And he's literally like, you're never going to see that guy again. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) And then he's like, but these guys I signed instead. And they're two guys with black singlets. And I couldn't tell if they were Confederate flag bandanas or just uh, red with blue stars or whatever. But, I mean, they said they kept talking about how they're from the Deep South or whatever, so I thought it was a Confederate flag thing. Probably, yeah. Very strange. I didn't know if you noticed this. One of these guys, Charlie Haas, who would eventually go on to be in Team Angle, have a, have a pretty decent WWE run. Um, I did
0: recognize the name Haas, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: I, and I knew his brother used to be a wrestler, too, but I don't think ever made it to WWE. So I assume these guys are, like, legit brothers and were probably, like, a legit indie team. Um, the Haas bros. So pretty interesting. And they both look like... Almost like Olympic athletes. Like, the,
0: Yeah, they should not be wrestling. They're going to do more damage to themselves than the kingpins will do to them by wrestling them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it felt like when Kurt Angle went to ECW to see if he was going to wrestle there, and he was so offended he never went back. <laughs> Except these guys were like, oh, I guess we'll wrestle the kingpins. Yeah, like, these... Yeah. Um, so then... Max Mack is just talking shit like the promo that just goes on forever. And Price of the Kingpins just shoves him down to the ground with his back turned. It's pretty good. It was fucking awesome. And then one of the Haas Bros grabs the mic and he promises a southern ass whooping from the Haas Bros. So I'm like, all right, the Kingpins versus the Hoss Brothers. Very excited for this match, I gotta say. So I couldn't tell the difference between Charlie or Russ, even though I've seen Charlie before. I don't know about you, they looked identical and they yeah. had the exact same outfits.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was mainly just focused on the kingpins, to be honest with you, just soaking it in because we don't know when we're going to see them again, to be honest. So Absolutely. I'm just wanting to enjoy every goddamn minute of them, <laughs> boys.
1: <laughs> uh, the Hoss bros are in control early, almost with like Olympic style wrestling and shit. I think Haas must have been like an Olympic wrestler at some point, or not Olympics, but maybe like an amateur wrestler of some sort. It's just his style, is yeah. just so like that, you know. Uh, he tags his brother in, and then they assist springboard him uh, into Schaefer. They're just so much more athletic than the Kingpins. You can't help but notice it. It's such a bizarre like dichotomy.
0: Yeah, it's also um, it also shows like how much a good opponent or like it you rely on that to make you look good. Because mm-hmm. the kingpins look the best they have without doing basically anything themselves. <laughs> like, the, this is the best match they've had because the Hoss Bros really
1: carrying them. Totally. And the Hoss bros have all these cool moves. Like, one of them slingshots the other guy into his brother to belly-to-belly to belly the kingpin.
0: Yeah, there's some, there's some incredibly athletic stuff. Which
1: are belly-to-belly belly on a guy as big as Price. It looks cool. Like, the guy's got to be, like, close to 300 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and then the kingpin gets the heat on, and immediately it just gets sloppy and dangerous. Like, he does this one-man razor's edge that almost turns into a sit-out powerbomb because he can't throw him. <laughs> he Yay. just dumps him. And then they just do double shoulder blocks on the guy and, like, turn him inside out. But I like it. I like the sloppy sort of, you know, reckless sort of style. Which, I know it's not a style on purpose, but it just looks, <laughs> it, it looks good. I like the kingpins. What I think when
0: say? one team is doing that, it's fine. It's when it's both, and then you just have a bad wrestling match. Yeah, and but then when they you gas have... out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they both are. like The hospital's like, are you serious? It's like
1: 30 seconds in, guys. Because like, <laughs> the Kingpin's just like, give us a minute, please. <laughs> yeah. So Price Body Slam Schaefer on to Haas. And then Schaefer, who has the pinfall, doesn't allow for the three count, pulls his head back up, uh, and then they hit their double slingshot uh, with just constant posing from the kingpins here. Every time they hit a move, they have to flex to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. They're just drinking it in. Yeah. Uh, finally, one of the Haas brothers gets a hot tag, and he calls Max up, who for the second t- show in a row hits the wrong guy, and just like he hits... His- like one of the Haas guys with such a weak like right hand, and it just leads directly to the pinfall loss at seven minutes and forty-seven seconds.
0: It's one of the most absurd finishes I've seen because it's the weakest punch yeah. in the
1: world. Like it's crazy. Like from like a sickly looking obese old man. It's
0: basically that episode of The Simpsons where Homer Mo gets Homer into boxing, <laughs> and he's just like, "Let them punch you until you're tired, and then knock them over." It's basically that punch, but that that's what gets him the pin. Yeah, it's
1: absurd. It's really dumb, and again, it's like uh, Max is trying to build up this new team, and this team, from what I can tell, are pretty fucking good for giving the standard of the company. And you're going to job. About it. <laughs> not that I'm like uh, mad about a kingpin win, but I'm just the booking makes no sense at yeah, all. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely not.
1: What's up, brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at nine central, you can join me, Andrew C. Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash Brain. Um, so then, that's when uh, the beatdown set to continue as the Kingpins are just beating the shit out of the Haas brothers still. When Wife Beater runs in with a chair, clearing the ring, <laughs> uh, the pins try to attack Wife Beater, but he double clotheslines them. And that's when Zandig and the bu- biker rush the ring. And then suddenly, all the ring crew that they have in the back are in to do this pu- sort of convoluted pull apart segment.
0: It's awesome, is- though. You liked it? I really liked it. Yeah, it, wife beater running in out of absolutely nowhere for no. I don't think they've built heat with wife beater and kingpins or whatever. No, it's
1: because Max Mac is. This is his new oh, tag Oh right, okay. So okay. they were beating the shit out of Max Mac's guys.
0: Right, 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 right. Sorry, yeah. You, you, I'm, I'm glad you're following the story. But, but he just runs in, no shirt on, in his jeans. Of course, I'm gonna love him. And he's just, this is crazy, because it just devolves into chaos, and I enjoyed it, and I always liked seeing Zandig.
1: Yeah, I didn't say Max Mac on the back of his jacket embroidered to Smack Shack, which I think is what he tried to call the stable last week. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Wife Beater and the Hoss Bros are, like, a trio moving forward, which I don't mind. I'd, I'd sort of like uh, Wife Beater if he's going to be this big heel. Like, back him up with sort of badass, stoic tag Yeah, team. yeah, 100%. Let Wife Beater talk a bit. Let Max talk if you have to. Like, I don't mind that as a faction, but I just don't think you should have introduced him this way.
0: The Smack Shack. Well, that's a good name. It's a good name.
1: Yeah. It sounds like where you would buy crack. Yeah, 100%. To- <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you want to go to Uncle Tony's Smack Shack? <laughs>
1: We get a hard cut, and then we hear the song When Worlds Collide. Brings me right back to like SmackDown vs. Raw 2003 or whatever. Sabanga. It's, uh, it's a great one. Uh, but then it bleeds to a, a tag team the Kill Thrill Cult, who we hate <laughs> uh, Midnight and Diablo Macabre. So Midnight, I always get these two mixed up, and I'm pretty sure I said uh, Macabre was in a match last month defending his tag titles against TCK. It was actually Midnight, who is the lead guy, the Ron Jeremy-looking guy who talks all the time, the really bad promo.
0: Yeah, they need to... I was just begging them to stop with the pro... There was too many promos in the show, for sure.
1: Well, and you can tell it's probably not a thing that's scripted in the actual thing, but then they just come out and grab a microphone, and they always make time for whoever grabs a microphone in the yeah. show. Um, So he cuts his promo, Midnight, this is, saying, Up north, they say I'm taking that, I'm stealing moves from wrestlers, which I got to assume is the Raven drop toe hold onto a chair that he keeps doing, that I just know is Raven's drop toe hold onto a chair. And then he says, And down south, they're stealing my name, which has to be referring to uh, a female wrestler named Midnight in WCW. So he's just claiming that everyone's stealing his shit when I'm like, You suck, and no one knows who you are. Well,
0: uh, you know, as we previously established, uh, the Three Amigos move was on CZW before (laughs) it was stolen. So, you know, maybe he's got a point. True. (laughs) I I love just besmirching the Guerrero name by... Saying that That, that they stole the the three, (laughs) yeah, Eddie he stole three amigos from CZW.
1: So TCK is introduced, and then he's just basically like, we we have a bone to pick with this guy, and now he doesn't even get to pick his partner. And then Justice Payne is introduced, and Justice Payne comes out again with the tag belts, and this is a tag title match. Uh, and he, Justice Payne comes out with Sledge's kid from earlier. Yeah. And he walks him down to ringside. And then Justice Payne looks at the kid and he's like, get out of here. And he kicks him in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. So he's got to abuse the kid too. Yeah. Uh, then, then
0: the sheriff arrests him. And that's the, uh, we never see CZW again.
1: <laughs> so that leads to our fifth match of the night. The Thrill Kill Cult versus TCK and Justice Payne. I thought it's funny that it's like the Thrill Kill Cult is TKC. But oh, yeah, TCK, yeah. And so I didn't abbreviate them this way. That'll whole thing, come back I, in the law. They'll yes. bring that back. They'll <laughs> say it's all connected. Uh, Justice Payne begins by spitting water at his own partner, TCK. And TCK goes to attack Justice Payne, but then Midnight cuts him off. So they're already just at the like the disadvantage because they can't get along. Uh, TCK quickly gets control with a bulldog and a missile dropkick. Uh, he goes to tag Justice Payne, but Justice Payne's ignoring him. Leading to PCK to get beaten down by the other two guys. Uh, the cult is just—they're so over-animated and lame. Like just how they do basic stuff. I really just hate these guys. They remind me of like you know in School of Rock the the final. Have you seen School of Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, in the Battle of the Bands, at the end, the band that the kids lose to, that are doing oh, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. like slow song.
0: Yeah, this this match, I've got it. It was the Dudley Cousins versus the Hardley Brothers, <laughs> because like the one of them's dressed like you know the camo pants, and the other guy, not to body shame, but he's wearing an incredibly unflattering, like Jeff Hardy esque, like see through the vest. That, yeah, the, and I'm like. I mean, you do you, King, but like, this is just, uh, we can see where you've got your influences and there's a, you know, there's a reason Jeff Hardy and Matt Heart—they were at the time like, were working out a lot because they were wearing mesh tops and this guy is just like, I can do it.
1: They were heartthrobs. Yeah, they they still are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then literally as they're beating up, uh, so TCK's in the ring uh, and Macabre's holding him. As Midnight goes to the top rope, he lights his arm on fire, like his armband thing, and does a flaming like clothesline from the top rope. Uh, But as soon as he leaves the top rope, the fire goes out because of just momentum and how fire (laughs) works. (laughs) And then after this, he grabs a mic and he's just shit talking Justice Payne, like with the microphone during the match, which I just thought was weird. Uh, they get cha- uh, they get chairs in the ring and set TCK in the tree of Woe. and I thought this might be the spot where Justice Payne like comes in and doesn't allow this because they just chatted shit to him. Yeah, but instead when they go to drop kick the chair into TCK's face, he turns the chair and it crotches the guy, which I thought was sort of funny. Uh, and then TCK gets out of the tr- uh, out of the tree of Woe and hits them both in the head with a chair. TCK sets up the chair Sabu style to dive to the other two on the outside, and in the funniest move, like he's going to do it, and Justice Payne just kicks the chair out from under him right as he's about to use it, and TCK just wipes out. I think
0: it's a good. I think it's a good. It's a fun match yeah. actually. Like, and there's some great table shots, and this the entire episode has been good for table. If you like table spots, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of good table spots, but a lot I, of concussions as well. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of chair shot, chair induced but you know it we never ask is it worth it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny because so is wiped out and then he's on his hands and knees sort of recovering and justice Payne jumps off tck's back and lands on the guys so it's like it's like he's taking the piss like trolling tck but then he'll also like attack the other guys like he's, yeah he's half in the match it's really like a weird sort of setup you know well he wants to win i guess yeah yeah and TCK follows this up by diving off the top rope onto all all three of the guys on the outside, uh, and he whips Macabre outside. As Justice Payne actually sets up Midnight on a table and hits a like a really nice looking Asai moonsault through the table. So back in the ring, Justice Payne's now like fully involved in the match as Midnight hits him with a brainbuster. Uh, TCK is busted open outside, which I have written here is like the true streak. I think he's been bleeding like every every since his return, where he he won that match and got a shot against Justice Payne. He's bled every single week. He loves bleeding.
0: Yeah, that, uh, we need a tracker for that him bleeding and the uh, boom
1: did a wow the kid rock song. Like <laughs> how
0: many weeks can like consecutively do we
1: hear that song? Yeah. Yeah, before there's just another hit song Yeah, we Uh, In the ring, TCK leg drops Diablo as Justice Payne comes in with a chair. TCK hits the X-Factor on the chair that Justice Payne lays down. And right on the two count, Justice Payne leg drops TCK on the back of his head. And then out of nowhere, Justice Payne hits a blockbuster on Macabre of his own and gets the pin on midnight at 12 minutes and 44 seconds. So he takes out his own partner first, then wins the match. And then Justice Payne like, is exaggeratingly celebrating with both title belts. Uh, and he leaves early as the Thrill Kill Cult just beat the shit out of TCK. <laughs> uh, they pilmanize his leg by like putting the chair on it and smashing it. Uh, and then finally like Lobo and Rick Blade come out. But I always love it. You know when the babyfaces are like, it's like, dude, you guys are ten minutes too late. Like they fucked him up already. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think one of the funny examples, like, like definitely. But it just reminds me, like, talking to the Hardy brothers, like when they brought Jeff back for AEW and Matt Hardy's just getting absolutely annihilated in the ring and Jeff Hardy just still does his dance before yeah. he runs down. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, I guess you've got to have your intro and whatever, but it's just like, yeah, these, these these guys have been beating up this guy for ages, mate. Where have you been? Like, what have you been doing? I yeah. guess talking to the sheriff or something, like trying to get off with crimes. Just
1: having cigarettes outside <laughs> or something, yeah. Because yeah. the building isn't that big. <laughs> no chance, yeah, no way. Yeah. Uh, so we get the hard cut, and then the in- announcer introduces Wife Beater. Uh, or, sorry. Yeah, he introduces Wife Beater as Zandig's bitch.
0: No, no, he introduces Wife Beater and. Because he won his. Oh. W- yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. he was
1: calling wife beater Zandig's bitch. No, ne- it's it, so biased. No, it's
0: misogyny. Like, it, okay. I mean, in both cases it's misogyny, but this is the the more misogyny. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the, the 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 more misogyny option. Yeah, they uh, it's wife beater and Zandig's
1: bitch. Right, because wife beater comes out dragging Zandig's bitch. I, I guess I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't call her that, but. <laughs> That's what she's being she described. She doesn't as. get a name, yeah, and yeah,
0: she doesn't get a name. Zandig's lady, Zan, That's it, yeah. It still belongs to Zandig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> still his property, but in a more polite manner, yeah. And true to his name, wife beater, just dragging her by her hair here. Uh, and it's funny because she wasn't at Cage of Death. I guess maybe he just left her home that week. But yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the woman he won in uh, from Pain in the Rain. Yeah, that for- he's been beating with his Peter. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then, again, Max Mack is out here just to cut another awful promo. And, again, he's just a bad guy. Like He's a bad promo, and it's like two or three times we got to hear from him. Uh, And he he heckles Hat Guy and him and Hat Guy almost get in an argument, which is a match I want (laughs) to (laughs) see. Yeah. And then the same awful promo is just being cut when the fan yells out, You look like white Mark Henry! (laughs) And then the fans start chanting white chocolate at him. (laughs) (laughs) There's been some good chanting tonight, for sure. The fans were on their game. Yeah, they were really, yeah, they they loved it. I mean, we had bitch tits, and we had white chocolate, dynamite. (laughs) And then, so Zandig's out with uh, the original biker, just in case. Again, again, they just rip shit from ECW, dude. But
0: also, like... That just sounds like a parody of Justice Payne. Like, mm. like it feels like you're taking the piss out of Justice Payne, calling him Just In Case. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's but It's,
1: like, Just Incredible, at least as a compliment to yourself. But yeah. Just In Case is, like... Oh, have you forgot something? Yeah, it's
0: like Austin Powers, you know, when the guy's (laughs) called, like, No Job or whatever. Like, it's just (laughs) absurd.
1: Uh, And Zandik comes out to ACDC music. I've realized he's got a totally new song every show. Like, it's basically just what he's into (laughs) then. Yeah. You heard of this
0: new band, this new cool band called (laughs) ACDC?
1: Yeah. They have a lightning bolt in there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And he comes out and he begins posing with the wire that they're going to be using in the match. Uh, Because this is a barbed wire strap match, if you remember. And also two of the four corners of the ring are just wrapped in barbed wire. They sort of like weaponize the ring. Uh, So that begins the sixth match of the night. The CZW world title barbed wire strap match. Our champion wife beater taking on Zandig. I got to say, this had a big fight feel to me. I was sort of excited for what this was going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, they've established wife beater quite well, to be fair. I mean, unfortunately, Zandig's wearing a shirt. I don't know what's going (laughs) on there. But yeah, I mean... It looks gnarly, mm-hmm. like the inter- like they're just holding you know barbed wire and there's barbed wire everywhere, like it looks like gnarly, and
1: we've come a long way from the barbed wire brawl. Yeah, yeah, for episode. sure.
0: And you know it, it, they're, they're, they've within the realm of CZW, you know, I've now fully had my brain broken by it. I'm like, these are two big stars. <laughs> like it has, you know it's, it's
1: set as it should be for a fun match. Yeah, speaking of brain broken, like maybe the <laughs> first thing that happens in this is wife beater goes too close to the edge of the ring and just in case holds his arm back. And. Zandig just fully uncorks a chair shot on his head, like with no protection. Yeah, brutally. I've got to say, this match is awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the more violent matches we've seen in CCW, and yeah. you can tell that it's because both Wife and Zandig like this style of match, and they probably just gave each other carte blanche to be as brutal as possible.
0: Yeah, let's give let's give the fans what they want. Mm. WB
1: <laughs> at the and the, they don't. There's not even a moment where they keep it like a regular match. Like no. usually matches like this will start with like reversals and basic moves and then escalate but this is just violence from the word go Uh, almost immediately outside Wifebeater gives a receipt with a chair shot to the head and then he just violently throws Zandig into a pile of chairs Zandig returns the favor and he starts throwing Wifebeater through the the plywood shit like that and like the whole time Max Mac is trying to get involved and Justin Case are trying to get involved and it's got a real like rowdy sort of like like a riot type of atmosphere here Uh, and I was digging it too yeah Zandig lifts up he, he does his reverse gorilla press that we've seen before in the ring where his wife beater's perched up top and then he just chucks him to the outside through a table like flatly landing him on concrete that it's amazing brutal
0: yeah I mean this all looks very grim and very dangerous but at the same time it it's great like mm. it's it's so fun to watch. Like, you know, I know I'm sounding like a 10-year-old, like a 10-year-old kid, but like this is just awesome. Like this is the, you know, it is very violent and things like that, but I don't know, it's just got something about it where it is very fun and it's not just two dudes like taking knives to each other or like yeah, just one time whatever. Like the, there's a nice flow. I'm having fun watching it and like these two guys are jacked and throwing each other into tables and using the entire arena as well I think is is, is great.
1: Yeah totally I wasn't liking this ironically I thought this was yeah, like entertaining yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling uh, but then uh, out of nowhere so Zandig sort of on top of Wife Beater like giving him just punches and the referee shows up with a microphone asking Wife Beater if he quits and I'm like, so apparently this is a barbed wire strap I quit match. Because that oh, it would yeah. be for the rest of the match. That's just how the match is going to end. Yeah. Is someone quitting? And I'm like, okay, well, I can't see either of these guys quitting without, like, extreme, like, damage being done to them. Yeah. So, so we'll yeah, see exactly. how this ends. Uh, they get back in the ring, and Zandik hits Wife Wifebeater with a ring bell and then shoves <laughs> him into, like, the top part of the barbed wire corner. And then, again, he just gorilla slams him onto the outside, but no table, just flat on the concrete. Like, it's just fucking... It's so intense, like how the damage that wife Peter was taking in this match. They had to drink so many beers to get over the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and Max and Case get in like a full fight outside, and this is like the craziest shit ever. So <laughs> they're over near the corner platform that we've known from every single card. It's that wood platform and then a ladder that goes up to the higher stage area. Well, Max Mac, trying to run away from Just In Case, <laughs> gets caught on the ladder. And him and Zandig come from behind him. And they both reverse gorilla slam him (laughs) through the platform. And, dude, I screamed. It is is incredible. Because, first of all, Max Mac feels like, like your grandpa. Like, anyone who has, like, an alcoholic family member who's, like, very overweight and, like, a gravelly voice and smokes cigarettes all day. Like, you know what fragile state this dude is in? And they... Maybe one of the most vicious bumps I can imagine from any car. He lands so... B- I was like, that dude has
0: broken his back. Like, there is... Like, the wood does nothing to stop his fall. <laughs> he flies through the wood. It's like... Yeah. It's like something from a cartoon. Like, a, a roadrunner. Like, me, like the way he just goes through the hole. I'm like, that dude's going straight through the earth. Yeah. Like, he's going to the core. Um, <laughs> like, the force at which he goes through whatever wood... whatever that was doing <laughs> he's
1: gone insane <laughs> yeah. and and it's not like a pre-planned thing like because you know in wwe shows i can almost see any bump like i could see someone flip off the titantron but they'll always <laughs> land on a crash pad or they'll always land somewhere where you know like they've had stuntmen work on this spot. yeah whereas this is like just an idea they probably had that day and for some reason max mac didn't veto this bump
0: it's insane because the way they're carrying him as well. It reminded me of that bit in Spider-Man where they're like they're in the train and they're all like carrying cause they're like holding him weird like he's died and then they're just like into the hole and then they just throw him and he just fucking <laughs> goes through with so much force that I feel like he would just keep going like mm-hmm. the momentum would build like when you put yourselves in between the portals in like the port game and you just going faster and faster <laughs> he's just picking up momentum it- and oh. like, it's it is crazy and there's some guy in the audience is like oh my god like <laughs> is he okay is he hurt? <laughs> yeah like that genuinely worried
1: <laughs> yeah i i caught that immediately <laughs> like cuz it's that serious tone of voice that you would have if you just thought you saw someone break their neck yeah, He's like, holy shit! Is he okay? And that <laughs> yeah. made me worry so much more. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, there's no crash pad under there. There's no like, I don't. E- I thought maybe they thought the wood would hold or something.
0: Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I have. I'm in two minds about whether they thought the wood would. Thing, but I'm like. Surely they you know how physics work. Like, yeah. cause
1: an- the guy's well over 300 <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's pretty, to be fair, this is great proof of concept for Zandig's, like, steroid cocktail that he's trying to sell. Because yeah. he lifts that old
1: guy up. It is insane. Yeah, this is a crazy moment. And then Zandig, <laughs> after seeing what he's just done, turns to the crowd and puts his arms up and yells, CZ fucking W. Yeah. And the crowd goes, wild Because <laughs> they should. I mean, this is the bumps they came to see. Uh, Oh, wow. Message from Zandig here. (laughs) Uh, So, we get back in the ring, and Case... And Zandig have this like cooler now in the ring, because there'd been this beer cooler in the corner of the ring the whole time that I assumed was filled with weapons. And Zandig pulls out the staple gun, and the fans sort of like, are they loving this, you know? And then they've got these weird, at first I thought they were handcuffs, but it's almost like this device to string things up. Yeah. I got the feeling it's almost like the thing you'd hang in the slaughterhouse, so you hang the cow from like their feet, sort of.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've just thrown someone into an abattoir. So, (laughs) (laughs) they've thrown
1: Big Mac into the abattoir, so maybe that's what they're going to do. Well, they've got these wire things, these, like, hanging things, and they put them on two opposite ends of the ring, the corners, and they tie up Wifebeater's feet and his arms. So he's sort of, like, stretched out, almost like... I thought they were under, like, stretch torture or something. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's
0: very weird. It 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 is very weird and slightly kinky. Mm -hmm. Like, there's any other time where... A burly man is tying up a burly man like that. You'd be like, okay, like (laughs) you do you, kings. But like, yeah, this is
1: it's very odd. Yeah, and then this is where the match goes from. It was already brutal for the bumps, but in in my mind in CCW, there's two different kinds of brutal. There's high octane bumps where guys fall really far or land (laughs) really hard on things. But then there's like the blood and guts side of it, where it's glass and sharp shit. And so Zandig just takes this barbed wire strap and starts whipping wife beater. And if you had any questions if this was real or not, his back's bleeding, like, immediately. Yeah, it's...
0: I mean, it's crazy. Like, it is crazy. Because there's there's some things in wrestling, you know, when people say it's fake, it's like, you can't, you can't fake that. And I remember, like, when MGF did it to Cody and AEW and things like that. And you're just like, you can't fake it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in that, they probably were, like, trying to minimize it. But in this, he's just going for it, it yeah it sounds it's like i said brutal. earlier
1: it's like these guys have each other's permission to actually fuck each other up yeah it is it's is crazy and then in maybe the most brutal thing we've seen or no I, I don't i keep using the word brutal but this is like the cringiest maybe spot we've seen in czw as, as he's just bleeding from the back Zandig pulls out a thing of just salt like a big fucking thing of table salt and just pours it all over his back and shit. and then they have lemons and he takes like a bite of a raw lemon and then rubs it on his fucking back. This is gross, man. This is awful.
0: Yeah, this is it does tip a bit too far into it, I think, because up until this point, like it had been a lot of fun. But this is maybe a bit too far because you just like but there's no back and forth, there's nothing. You just you are actually just torturing a man at this point. <laughs> like
1: that's all you're doing, really. Yeah, and they then case brings out a bottle of Jack Daniels, like a two-six and they each take a sip like badasses would before just pouring it on the guy. And you hear Zandig yell, where's the lighter fluid? And my heart almost I don't want to see them do that because I'm sure he might just take it. Yeah. Um, But instead, Zandig can't find it. He just continually whips him. uh, And then out of nowhere, Max Mac, who I was just happy to see on his feet, (laughs) appears on the side of the ring and he throws in the white towel. Uh, So we don't get wife beater quitting, which I actually liked, I I think. Uh, And zandig your new ccw champ with this title win at this insane match at 16 minutes and 30 seconds not even the main event but yeah it, was, it should have been by the way
0: yeah i think you probably could have flipped the the last two matches but it was <clears throat> i mean yeah big mac big smack
1: man fair play for getting up because i thought he would have still been traveling at that point i thought he would have been legitimately so fucked up in <laughs> yeah like just... i think they i was like it's like when your eyes are bigger than your appetite and you order too much food like I think he bit off more than he could chew doing this spot, and he's lucky that he was walking around man, Yeah, they, that spot was crazy. Because the way, like
0: the way he lands as well, it does look like he just breaks his back <laughs> immediately. Like <laughs> it, it is insane. But yeah, I mean, apart from maybe the end pushing it, a uh, 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 great match, mm-hmm, great match, like one of the <laughs> the big. Smack, I can't, I never get it right. One of my favorite spots the, from the entire run so far, I oh, think. Oh, me too. Because it's just insane.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I told you when because I, I saw this show before you, I'm like, there's a spot you're going to love on this show. Yeah,
0: it's crazy.
1: Uh, so Zandig's celebrating. He reclaims his woman. Uh, <laughs> and, and Case is just beating down on Max and Feeder, The beatdown continues. When all the lights go out, and this is as classic as wrestling angle gets. So when the lights went out, who did you expect to see when they came back on? Anyone, or were you just...
0: No, I mean, I, I, I didn't know, you know, a lot what was going on. You know, maybe... I, I genuinely thought maybe there'd been a power cut, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, don't,
1: I, I didn't know who was expecting. I, I Yeah, I wasn't... So would, would you say you were surprised when the lights came back on and we saw Ian Rotten of ECW fame? And... Oh, is he from EC... Well, he was originally from ECW. So I have our, our uh, side profile. We do this whenever, you know, sort of big names show up. I and need And by big as well. names, I mean big names for CZW, not for pro wrestling as, as a whole. So Ian Rotten uh, began wrestling in August 10th, 1990. Uh, he would be a longtime tag team wrestler with his brother Axel Rotten a- in the Bad Breed. And they were a pretty big ECW tag, never winning the belts. But in the mid-90s, they were like a big deal, sort of. They were also the first two guys ever in America to do a Taipei death match which is when you dip your hands in glue and then dip them in broken glass and like box each other. Which was, he's more known for his gory, sort of, like, gross deathmatch wrestling than his bumps or anything.
0: Did they ever wrestle the (laughs) kingpins?
1: I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, He would go on to open IWA Mid-South, a notorious company also known for their deathmatches, but also revolving door to up-and-coming industry stars. I think, I don't know if by the time this was recorded, uh, CM Punk and Chris Hero had done their 90-minute match that was, like, blowing up the indie circuit, but it would be shortly within this time and they'd have AJ Styles, Brian Danielson like a who's who of indie oh, okay uh, as well as just, like, disgusting death matches. But behind the scenes, Ian Rotten is just a known piece of shit with a laundry list a mile long of bad behavior, including pay- including paying a death match wrestler in pills and then later showing up to his funeral in spite of his parents' wishes. Uh, he led Mickey Knuckles and his own son in a public shoot assault of industry re- uh, of indie wrestler Mike Levy, and he's later accused of sexual assault from the female wrestlers he employed. Uh, seeing him here was a negative thing for me. I was like, this is an all-time bad guy. <laughs> and I guess he would fit right in with just what CZW was going for at the time. But I was like, ugh, this is a bad guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that. Sorry, listeners, I'm not... Yeah, like I said, I'm not as clued into it. But, okay, that. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, though, to be fair, for CZW to get him on. Like, I can see why Zandig was like, yeah, let's
1: do it. I mean, in 1999, Zandig and this guy were like the underbelly of like i guess deathmatch indie wrestling like, yeah but between the two of them they were like uh, within five years both these companies would be pretty big on the indie scene
0: so definitely more of a justified power power out moment than the godfather theme and Brothers. Yeah. Cash- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was ridiculous this was warranted yeah
1: but ian rotten himself he's looking awful here he's got this <laughs> yeah, he huge look gut uh, and not like a zandig muscle gut like just he's fat all over his head looks all misshapen Uh, He grabs a microphone, and he tells Zandig that he's been disgracing his business. And immediately, he, like, victimizes himself as this guy who was prostituted by ECW. And then in the next breath, he starts talking about these good old days of, like, all the great shit he did in ECW. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, you both have your glory years, and they did you wrong. You're just like, you know. And then as he's, like, in between lines, he'll be putting boots to Zandig and stuff. And then after saying one of the lines, he picks up the bottle of Jack Daniels and fucking smashes it on Zandig's head. And I was like, what the fuck? And you see Zandig, like, stops selling, and he puts his head up, and he's like, did that just fucking happen? Like, he's he's covered in a pool of Jack Daniels and blood.
0: There's no way... Because there's no way... Uh, going off, you know what you're saying about this guy that they could ever stop him doing something that he wanted to do. Like if he, yes. like, there's no way he's saying, "Well, maybe don't smash the Jack Daniels." He's like, "You're just gonna." Have and to you can tell he it. didn't ask. They didn't yeah. clear
1: this. And you can also tell the bottle's real because they're not gonna fucking fake a bottle of Jack Daniels in <laughs> yeah. a CCW show. So this was, this was insane. I was like, yeah. what a crazy thing to do to a guy. Like that's a definite concussion. And Zandig lifts his head off the mat and he's like, "Hey, ring!" So he tells the camera guy, "Ring the fucking bell." Because the guy, Ian Rotten's promo was just going too long at this point. And so they ring the bell, and then Zandig tackles Rotten. And I thought he was, like, going to shoot, beat the shit out of him here. Uh, And instead, he starts selling again, and Rotten gets the better of him. And then they do the rest of this angle, sort of. Yeah. But I was like, holy fuck, man. This whole thing looked intense. And Rotten hits a double-armed DDT on Zandig, who rolls to the outside, as they call for the stretcher. And then he just starts... He keeps pontificating about the glory years of ECW, and he's like, it was fifteen hundred people there, and they they weren't chanting ECW; they were chanting "Bad Breed, Bad Breed." Just like you've seen this guy is the 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 star of the high school football team ten years later, who's talking about high school. Football. <laughs> yeah, Loser. yeah, he peaked. I
0: don't. The thing is, though, he probably didn't even have a peak
1: in high school. Like
0: mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it's absurd, and it's two people who like, like this is the the zandig losing it you know how he looks you know it's kind of like doing it all for him but in the worst way possible whereas at least zandig still gives a bit of a shit about the wrestling
1: totally and the wrestlers for sure yeah. you can tell ian rotten's an ian rotten guy first and foremost uh, and then mid promo he just keeps talking and we cut because it's yeah. like he probably just went on another 10 15 minutes uh, so we'll quickly go through your main event here you get your special referee, Nick Burke, who I forgot to mention is the special referee in this main event. Uh, Lobo comes out looking completely normal. The suit's gone. He's got a Metallica shirt. And then we get the future of hardcore Nick Gage as we see Nick Gage versus Lobo with Nick Burke as the special referee. Uh, Gage on the mic comes out saying, Nobody wants them, no one wants to see us start in ring, so we're starting outside. And they start brawling all around the ring and shit. And then, like, I, I had it written here, 55 seconds later, they're in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah it,
0: I mean, it's a. I think it's a pretty good match overall. You know, and these two clearly just want to die in the ring. Because they, mm-hmm. they, like, it's a good, it's a decent follow-up. It's not as good as the previous match, but it's, like, very violent as well. And well, very and they, gory. they don't
1: take care, they don't remove the barbed wire from the previous no. match or anything. The only thing annoying at first is Burke is, like, heckling through the match and almost, like, just actively, like, ruining what it was a decent main event. And then at some point, Rob Hartog just comes in behind, attacks Nick Burke, and leg drops him before, take, <laughs> yeah. before taking his referee shirt off and putting it on himself, effectively eliminating your special guest stip. And I love this. I yeah, one of the best great. spots of the night. <laughs> and then meanwhile, so Gage and um, Lobo are fighting all around ringside. Lobo's just busted it, like... He just uh, he did one of those blade jobs where it went from 0 to 100 immediately, and he starts, like, pooling blood. And then they go over to the corner stage area where we saw Max Matt go through, and it's completely repaired, which makes me think this was recorded before the main event, and then they just edited the matches out of order, which I don't know why they do that. Because, yeah. to, to me, this this match felt totally appropriate, but not as the main event. Like, to me, Zandig, Wifebeater, the show's called The War Begins, clearly because they're setting up an Ian Rotten-Zandig feud. Yeah, I uh, mean... Uh, it's just
0: weird. Yeah, I don't know if, it, if that was, given how it ends, but, yeah, it's very straight. You know, I guess they fixed it quickly
1: just in case someone else wanted to go through it. hmm So, meanwhile, Gage is throwing chairs in the ring, and then he lays out a bunch of tacks, and it's funny, it's one of those, as soon as he, L- Gage drops the tacks, Lobo reverses him and just suplexes him on his own pile of tacks. Yeah. And then Lobo leaves to the back, and he comes back with a ladder, uh, and he's got Gage still down on the pile of tacks, Climbs the ladder, goes to elbow drop him, and Gage rolls out of the way. So he just elbow drops a pile of tacks from the top of the ladder, which looks awful. Um, Gage lays the ladder on top of Lobo, and then swanton's the ladder, which looked awful. <laughs> like I don't know why he wouldn't lay Lobo on the ladder and then do that, but it was just bizarre. Um, and then yeah, like you said, the match it just continues. It's it's really just violent. Like it's almost like they're trying to. Steal the show, I guess. Yeah. Uh, at one point, he sets Lobo on a table outside, climbs up to the top stage area, does a frog splash through the table, and then the thrill kill call, come out and attack both guys, but then TCK enters, and he brawls them both to the back, which I don't think we needed to, to see, really, because we already saw that match earlier. Yeah. Um, Lobo and Gage are both sort of down when justice pain rushes into the ring and then they both just get up and start attacking justice pain together because again lobo and gage are like technically allies here so that they're like they're just wrestling because justice pain threatened to arrest them or whatever (laughs) yeah this is all really sort of dumb uh and then lobo gage and tck are in the ring as the match sort of the the baby faces clear the heels out of the ring the match stands still gage's promo gets cut off by crowd applause And then everything just sort of ends. And we get a no contest. Uh, Lobo says, "Eh, these are my buddies and we're going to be back here next week. And everyone cheers. And then that's the end of the match, the end of the show. As the announcer says, thank you. Yeah, super strange ending to the show. Like, no. I was like, is that it? That's very odd. Yeah, just very bizarre. And again, I think it would have left a less weird taste in my mouth if this was just the second-to-last segment, you know? Yeah. Like, if we cut from this to Zandig wife, Peter, it would have been great. We also get weird, uh, after the cut, we get backstage interviews with Andrew (laughs) Mack, and he interviews Justice Payne, who just cuts an awful promo. But, like, there's clearly people in the ring in the same room training, so you can't even hear his promo.
0: It's very strange that they're doing everything but having commentators. Like, they're doing background <laughs> yeah. interviews, uh, backroom interviews. They're doing nameplates. They're doing everything but. Like, get the commentators, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: Absolutely. Very strange. And then that's the last thing we see is just uh, this cut from the announcer. Um, so that was our show. I mean, what do you think about this one? What do you rate it out of seven? <sighs>
0: I really wanted to break the twos for this, <laughs> but I think there's still too much promo work. There's still a lot of fat, but I enjoyed it. Like, I, I legitimately did enjoy most of it. So, yeah, I think I think it's a two for me.
1: I, it's also a two for me for the same reason. I have written here, the length kept it under a two. Yeah. If, if this same show was an hour shorter and you cut almost all the promos and maybe the opening match, it would be a 2.5 for me. Whoa. I, I love the Rick Blade match. I love the Zandig match. The main event was pretty good as well, like inoffensive. Yeah, I, I thought there was a lot of good on here.
0: Once you got past that first match, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and you know the Big Mac going through the wood thing is leg- incredible, legendary. <laughs> yeah, like I'll never forget
1: seeing that. And the Kingpins are back, of course, as yeah. well. And the Kingpins are back. Yeah, there was a gr- a bunch of. Gr- I'm tempted two point two five, but uh, I think. I mean, where do you go when there's commentators
0: though? Yeah, then you're you sh- immediately into the seven.
1: It, despite in-ring quality improvements, uh, it was just so poorly booked as well, and it was just so like there's still so much inexcusable shit. I mean, yeah. the the actual production quality is really bad. So we're gonna keep it at a two, but I mean, keep this thing we're going. We're getting closer. <laughs> we're inching closer. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening. I've been Jordan Ducharme at Funny Jordan D on Instagram and Twitter. Ben, if you wanna,
0: I've been Ben Stead at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram.
1: And, and thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.